Welcome to episode 7 of Rain That Damn Bell. My name is Chris Gunther, your host. We are live here in Boston, Massachusetts, and we are going to go over the pay-per-view WWE TLC 2012 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs that was live in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so my name is Chris Gunther, and welcome to this episode. Um, there's no promos, there's no music. It's just me talking about, you know, the pay-per-view that we just had, that I just watched. It's currently 12.30 in the morning, so... It's pretty late. I had to write, you know, now I write scripts. By the way, just so all of you know, I write scripts now, so I have this, like, five-page script that I'm going to go over with all the notes and everything. So let's get straight to it. Um, let's not waste any time. So let's talk about the pay-per-view, shall we? So before we had the pay-per-view, we had the pre-show. Now, there was lots of things on this pre-show that they went over that I don't really remember much. At first, they were talking about WWE.com awards. Like, there was, like, backstage, there was Josh Matthews and Michael Cole, and they were apparently going over WWE.com awards. The only one I caught was the Diva of the Year, which is AJ Lee. Which, you know, there was a couple of fangirls, you know, I'm, I'm following fangirls on my personal Twitter account, which is at Chris Gunther. Um, so, I follow a couple of AJ fangirls, and they're, like, freaking out, oh my god, yeah, she should be, you know, Diva of the Year, yeah! And I'm, like, thinking, Really? You really give a shit that she's Diva of the Year? You give a shit about that award? They're not even putting it on the Slammies. That's how much of a shit that you should give it. I don't know. You know, it's AJ Lee. Ooh. Again, as you can tell, I'm not very happy with AJ Lee. But I'll discuss that later. Anyways, uh, there was a lot of awards they gave out, but I don't know any of the else, any else of them. It's, it's WWE.com awards. I don't care. We then had the Saber Helpers match, Battle Royal match, with all the Divas, excluding AJ Lee, because, you know, why would you put her there? You know, she's the Diva of the Year, why would you put her there? Basically being a five-minute match, um, it ended with Naomi eliminating Caitlyn, which is a very big surprise. Even though it was a big surprise, this was a boring match. I will be honest, it was a boring match. And Naomi is the number one contender for the Divas Championship that will happen later that night. So, so far, I'm zero for one, because I predicted that Caitlyn was going to win. And I didn't know that they were going to go with Naomi. I guess they were just like, oh, we're just going to put Eve over someone, so why not we just pick Naomi? So, there's that. So then they go through more awards I didn't care about. Um, there were some segments, like backstage segment between... Um, Sheamus and Booker T, that Sheamus almost said bullshit or something. You know, there was there was a couple of segments like that, but again, it got drowned out by my caring for this pre-show, which is not a caring in the world. It got drowned out by that, so, yeah, I don't really care. So then we go to the TLC pay-per-view, where we start off with Rayson, which is the tag team of Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara. I call them Rayson. Versus Rhodes Scholars, which is Damian Sandow and Cody Rhodes. Note, uh, this is a very note that I put in here. Rhodes Scholars got a bigger pop than Sin Cara. Just saying. Sandow went on the mic and he asks, uh, of all the loathsome ignoramuses across the country, is there any form of life lower than a Brooklyn hipster? The crowd is literally... The unwashed masses. It's that was. I thought that was pretty hilarious. That's. I'm. I'm just saying. I love Damien Sandow. Of course, I love Cody Rhodes, and people love his facial hair. 
You know, of course they don't, but, you know, it's very noticeable, so everyone talks about it. So, apparently this was going to be a tables match, which, you know, we weren't notified. And I guess that kind of makes sense because there was a ladder match, there was a chairs match, and a TLC match, and there was somehow no tables match. So, might as well give it to someone, right? Basically, so, tables match, it was a pretty good match. Uh, It ended with Rhodes pushing Kara to the outside through the tables that was set up earlier. And basically, Kara, like, like, flew right into those tables. It was a very, very good, it was very good, very good bump by Sin Cara. Um, the winner is Road Scholars. Uh, Sin Cara looked a little bit banged up, looked like he might be injured. Um, I don't know. Uh, if anything comes up, then we will all know by Friday on the Friday edition of Randat Dan Bell. So, so far, um, again, good match to start the show. So, so far, good start to the show. And I'm one for one so far, so there's that. We then have a Shield promo from backstage. The crowd was definitely behind the Shield. I don't know if any of you could hear the crowd, but I definitely could. And they were definitely into it, so that's good. Um, so they talked trash about Hell No and Ryback. Um, same good stuff, especially from Ambrose, so there was nothing to complain about this promo. We then had for the United States title, Antonio Cesaro, or Claudio, versus R-Truth. Um, note that there was barely any uppercuts here, which I'm thinking, what the hell? Um, I guess that uh, Truth tried to go for a suplex, but Cesaro landed on his feet and hits Truth with an uppercut from behind. I didn't really notice that, but that's what from... Because I had to look up to see what the, you know, the actual moves that they were doing. And apparently he did an uppercut to the back of the head or something. I don't know. It didn't, I didn't really see it, so there's that. Cesaro hit the neutralizer, neutralizer and pins Truth for the three counts. So winner is Claudio. And then uh, Cesaro goes on the mic and says, unlike America, he's the true international superpower. He's the greatest U.S. champion in history, and therefore by booing him, the crowd is booing their own country. <sighs> so Cesaro raffles off something in the, I think, probably Swiss, and then celebrates with the title, um, this wasn't a good match, and from the looks of it, there might be a reason for that, because I was on Twitter, um, and there was a picture that R-Truth posted of his knee, I do not recommend it if you're easily, you know, if you easily, like, you know, get, like, scared and all that jazz, it was gross, let's put it that way, his knee, his knee was gross, but the point is, is that I'm now two for one, so far, two for one, we then go backstage with Josh Matthews, who interviews Ziggler, Ziggler says Vicky Grell, through Vince McMahon, has endorsed thievery. If Cena wins, he gets Ziggler's contract and th- that he already lost earlier. But what does Ziggler get? Which is a very good, you know, point. Very good point by Ziggler. Then he says tonight changes everything. Or uh, everything changes. Whatever he said. Basically, it was a good promo by Ziggler. People were behind him in the crowd. So good for him. Then we had... Ms. TV. I think I already established this from, like, earlier, like, episodes. I do not like when they have, like, these stupid fucking, you know, talking segments, you know, in the ring and whatever. So, I did not like this. Put it that way. I'm not paying 55 fucking dollars to see... Oh, technically, I'm not paying 55 fucking dollars. But if I was going to pay it, I'm not paying it just to see fucking Ms. TV. That's all I'm saying. Miz TV starts, um, Miz interviews 3MB. Mick McIntyre says 3MB is bigger, badder, and better than Jay-Z. Really? 
Slater says the Rolling Stones wish they could rock out with 3MB. Really? Slater says everyone needs to hear that tomorrow night at the Slammy Awards, 3MB will perform live. Really? Get, get what I'm trying to say is that there was lots of reallys. You know, like we didn't hear it. Um, so basically, so after that, you know, Miz talked a little bit of trash, and then all of a sudden, 3MB decides to make fun of the Spanish announcers. So they go up to the Spanish announcers, and, you know, they start, you know, talking him. And then Heath Slater says that in this country, we speak American. Okay. I understand that, you know, Slater's supposed to be some type of dumb American. Like, thinking, you're in America. Americans are better. You know, you need to speak American. You know, that's what he's trying to basically point out. The problem is, is that doesn't he have two members of his team that's not from America? You have Jinder Mahal, who's from India, and you have McIntyre, who's from Scotland. Are they also speaking American? I don't know. Point is, it, it was stupid, and then all of a sudden, Ricardo Rodriguez comes down to the ring, and then 3MB, like, starts, you know, they get all over him, pulling his hair, yelling in his face, and then Alberto Del Rio comes down with a big pop, taking out all the members of 3MB, hitting McIntyre with the backdrop on the apron, Slater with the spear, Miz joins in, they all attack him, and then they announce that there will be a three-on-three tag team match later on. Alberto Del Rio and Miz can choose whoever they want. Can you guess who it will be? Huh? Can you guess Brooklyn? Huh? Brooklyn? Huh? Huh? We have two backstage segments. Um, the first one is between Kane and Dana Bryan. They're in their locker room. Um, there was lots of yeses in this backstage segment. Um, I would say that there was no point in this segment whatsoever. I didn't really pay attention. Something about, oh, we're going to attack... You know, Dean Ambrose. Yes. We're going to attack Seth Rollins. Yes. You know what I mean? It, uh, there was no point to the segment whatsoever. Didn't help anything. I guess it was just filler. But then again, you know, I can justify that most of this stuff was just filler. <laughs> you know. So then we have a backstage interview with Wade Barrett. Um, Wade Barrett was pretty quick and simple. He says he's beaten Kofi Kingston repeatedly. Well, not the past week. Um, and Kingston is a cat without nine lives. He's going to get muted tonight by the Barrett Barrage. So then we have Kofi Kingston versus Wade Barrett. Um, this was not a good match either. And you know why I think this is probably not a good match? And speaking of which, you probably why Claudio versus R-Truth wasn't a good match either is because we've seen those matches before. Not just on the last pay-per-view or whatever. I mean, Claudio versus R-Truth we saw on the last pay-per-view, yes. But the reason why we prob- I probably think those are two boring matches, not good matches, is because we've seen them on television already. And there's nothing new about them. I'm not interested. You already showed me. Why do I want to watch stuff that you already shown on TV and you seeing it on pay-per-view? What's, what's the difference going to be? And apparently there was no difference. So this is not a good match. Um, Barrett picks Kofi up and tries for the elbow. Kofi catches in with Trouble in Paradise instead. He pins Barrett for the three count. Where's Kofi? I am now three for one. Take that, sucker. We then have CM Punk who's up into the bleachers or whatever. Again, I'm telling you, even though I like this segment that I'm going to talk about, I do not like having major talk segments and in-ring segments 
during a pay-per-view. We can do that during Raw or SmackDown, some some other time. So CM Punk is up in the, you know, the private box or whatever. Punk says, everyone wants an update. So Heyman says, forget about it. Punk says it's tough leaving his home in Chicago, sitting among all these animals. <laughs> Punk is the most dangerous man in the WWE. He would have broken every chair this place had to offer, pushed right back off the ladder, and put him through every table in New York. Punk says, Fitchin is the idea that Ryback is unstoppable because Punk has beaten him. Tonight, the Shield is going to beat him here tonight. Basically, uh, a little bit. I, I don't know if that's just a writer of this, you know, blog, whatever. Punk says, another fact is that Punk is the longest reigning champion of the modern era. No one's going to take the title away from him because no one can. He started in 2012 as champ, and he will end it as such, and he's just getting started. This was a good segment, but again, I have to hold everyone accountable. Having in-ring segments or whatever this sounds like during a pay-per-view is not cool. That's all I'm going to say. Then we have the Team Hell No and Ryback versus The Shield. So during the match and right after the match and throughout this whole entire match and before the match and just basically this through this whole entire crowd, there was lots of Goldberg chants against Ryback. At this point... I think it's probably the stupidest chant that anyone could say. Now, here's an interview that I found with Ryback from the Miami Herald. And I want to read it to you guys because I want you guys to hear what Ryback thinks of it. So this is what Ryback thinks. Quote, I had been on the road from about the end of December, but didn't debut until after WrestleMania. And not once did I get anything like that. Then once I got to TV... I think maybe the style matches and the facial hair. I think it was the intense style and the undefeated streak. It bothered, it never bothered me one bit and never will because I was a wrestling fan all my life. There are a lot of people they are, that are very loyal to Bill Goldberg and rightfully so. It's only fair that people are going to make comparisons to new talent that may come up. Not necessarily that I have a, that I was a brand new talent, but people are going to make comparisons. If I was going out there every night and doing the spear and jackhammer and mimicking his mannerisms, then yeah, they would probably still be there. But there is a lot more to Ryback. I understand them, but they don't bother me at all. It just takes time to get a fan base and have people become loyal to you. There are a lot, a lot, a lot, and this is me talking now. So there's a lot of Goldberg chants that were heard tonight. You know, you always hear Ryback, you know, you always hear the Goldberg chants and then it gets drowned out by Ryback chants. But not, but not tonight. And I'm going to call out um, Brooklyn here. So for, for, for months, I liked doing the Goldberg chants, especially when he first debuted. Because, yeah, it felt like it. But I do not like the Goldberg chants anymore. And the reason why is because Ryback is not Goldberg. It's now too obvious that he's not Goldberg. And guess what? I don't like Ryback that much. I mean, I've already gone on record saying that I think that Ryback losing twice on pay-per-view, now three times, is makes Ryback a mid-carder. It doesn't make him a main event talent. doesn't make him credible anymore. So that's my problem with this whole entire thing. So I don't like Ryback that much. But to compare him to Goldberg is stupid. So to the Brooklyn crowd, yes, you were hot, you were good. But you are a stupid crowd. 
rowdy, but stupid. The comparisons to Ryback and Goldberg are, there is none. There's not even a valid comparison. There isn't comparisons to him, and you aren't annoying him for that matter. It's not even working on his psyche. Probably the only thing that you could do is damage him with upper management. But of course, it's not bothering him, so upper management probably thinks that, you know, whatever. These people are idiots, so let them be idiots. And you are idiots. You are wasting your goddamn time by chanting Goldberg, Goldberg. Why are you chanting Goldberg? Because you don't like the character? If you don't like the character to chant, you suck. That's a valid one. Just because you say Goldberg's not going to make him snap. He already said it publicly. It doesn't bother him. And guess what? By the sound of upper management, it doesn't bother them either. You're wasting your goddamn time. At best, it's annoying. It's like the what chants. Those are annoying, and a lot of you probably agree with me that the what chants are annoying now. Guess what? The Goldberg chants, very fucking annoying. If you have a problem with Ryback, I understand I don't like Ryback. But get the fuck over it. He's not Goldberg. Get off your fucking high horse, Brooklyn. <sighs> Alright, so, besides that... So, we have Ryback and Hell No versus The Shield. Um, first off, I had problems with the internet, so I missed a couple parts of this match, but I got pretty much the whole entire thing. So, one of the best parts of the match came when uh, Ryback comes to, to Rollins and keeps him trapped on the ladder. Basically, what they did was that they were being on Ryback on the outside near the entrance ramp, and they had, you know, a couple ladders and tables, so they set up a table, and they were going, and they kept punching Ryback to get him to lay down on the table. And so Rollins thought it would be a great idea to go on a ladder so that he's going to jump right on top of him. Well, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns left Ryback there to go back into the ring to attack the other two guys, or just Daniel Bryan at that time. Guess what? Ryback woke up. So Ryback sees, you know, Seth Rollins and chases him up the ladder. And, you know, it's a ladder. You can't really go that far, right? You can't. So, so Ryback chases him down, starts pulling him off, and then all of a sudden pushes Seth Rollins off and sends him through a bunch of stack of tables. It was an amazing spot by Rollins. An amazing spot. Definitely was. I, I think this was an amazing match, and I thought this was the match of the night. Definitely the match of the night. And it's probably one of the best matches of the year. And it's their debut match. It's the Shield's debut match. Now, as I'm recording this, which is right after the pay-per-view, you know, there's a couple people already early saying that, you know, a lot of people in the back were thinking that, you know, Rollins was dead. But, of course, he wasn't. So, he's awake and all that type of stuff. But, damn it. Now you have to think whether they're established or not, and I think they're damn established. How can you not like these guys or hate these guys, technically, because you're supposed to, you know, hate heels? They're established now. They showed that they can take it. They were the best match of the pay-per-view, so... You know, good for them. So anyways, the way this match ended was uh, back in the ring. Ambrose and Reigns teamed up. Uh, they sent Brian through the table with a double-team powerbomb off the top rope. Reigns pins Brian and gets a three-count as Ryback tries to get back to the ring, but was unsuccessful getting there in time. So the winner was the Shield, and now I'm 4-1 to one when it comes to the pay-per-view. We then had our second Divas match of tonight, which is E versus Naomi. Again, uh... 
I forgot to talk about this match on episode six. Uh, I posted a prediction on that on that episode. I forgot about it, so I posted it on Twitter and said that Eve would win. Um, to when this stuff happens, I'm following personally at Chris Hard. Uh, sorry, not Chris Hardy. Follow me personally at Chris Gunther on Twitter and follow the show on Twitter as well at Ring TDB. Um, you'll be notified on anything that I change when it comes to my predictions or whatever. Um, usually, I don't change my prediction. I just add a prediction when there's a match that comes on. You know, a new match, and I don't know about it. So, that's what I usually do. This was not a good match either. I'm sorry. Hate to be Debbie Downer. It wasn't a good match. Eve hits a neckbreaker and puts Naomi down for the three count. I'm now five for one. Lovely. We then had Big Show versus Sheamus. Can I just say, this was a bad, bad placement on the card. This match should have had, it should have happened earlier in the show. You know what? Technically, TLC match, the TLC match should have happened at the end of the show. It really should have. Really, it should have. It would have helped them. Um, it looked like either the crowd disliked both Sheamus and Big Show, or they just didn't give a shit. I'm going to go with both of that. <laughs> um, it was a boring match. Uh, again, it, it's probably because of the TLC match from earlier. That's all I'm going to... That's all I think that's probably why. So, a way to end this match was basically, Show came out with, from under the ring, a big giant chair. Just like that big giant ladder in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So he pulled out the big chair... And blast Sheamus with a shot across the back. Pins Sheamus for the three count. Where's Big Show? He's still World Heavyweight Champion. And now I'm 6 for one So Big Show won at TLC. What is next for Big Show in the World Heavyweight Championship? Guess what I'm going to think what's going to happen. Big Show versus Sheamus again at the Royal Rumble. That's what I'm predicting. And guess what? I do not want. I'm not going to compare this to Alberto Del Rio. In the middle of the year. Remember when Sheamus won the World Heavyweight Championship? He went through one match with, uh, what was it, Daniel Bryan. Well, two matches, technically. Then they do, like, a fatal four-way, and then all of a sudden we get four Alberto Del Rio matches. All of them that Alberto Del Rio lost. So three matches, Alberto Del Rio lost all three, and he was like, I want another match. Guess what? Sheamus has three matches with Big Show and lost all three. Just like with Alberto Del Rio, I do not want this. I do not want four matches of Sheamus versus Big Show. I didn't want Alberto Del Rio versus Sheamus when I went to United Champions. That was boring. And guess what? This match was boring as well here at TLC. It was a boring chairs match. I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. And you know what? That's probably because of the TLC match that was earlier. Look. I bet WWE's going to do it anyways. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to their fans who are going to groan and over the fact that we have to watch another one of these fucking matches again. So, you know, whatever they think will give them buys, which will be The Rock. So, whatever. We then go backstage to a segment between John Cena and AJ Lee. Lovely. So, John Cena's shown uh, warming up backstage. AJ walks in wearing a bunch of Cena gear. AJ thanks him, but Cena says, don't thank him yet. Thank him at the end of the night when he takes Ziggler's contract. AJ says she can't wait and just skips off. Note this. Just keep this in your mind. Alright? Keep this in your mind for when we talk about AJ later on. So now it's time for the main event, folks. No, not the ladder match. 3MB versus The Miz 
Alberto Del Rio, and can you guess it? Can you guess it, Brooklyn? Huh? Huh? Can you guess it, Brooklyn? That's right, the Brooklyn Brawler. Can I say that I, I saw this coming from like a mile away? I'm just saying. And when it came to this, I didn't really hear a lot of the reaction. I didn't really hear a lot of a reaction from the crowd. But again, I want to say that this is because of the TLC match from earlier. It basically like took everyone out. Like, oh god, that was such a damn good match. Now I'm tired. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, I didn't really care. I was bored. Again, really didn't care. And now I'm a little bit confused. If we're going to turn Alberto Del Rio face totally, or is it was just tonight? I don't know. So Miz, Alberto Del Rio, and Brawler wins. Lovely, whatever. Now let's get to the real main event, which is Dolph Ziggler versus John Cena for the Money in the Bank briefcase in a ladder match. Again, I said that correctly. I don't know how many times like I was like pissed off when, you know, uh, again, I like the guy. What's his name? Um, Justin Roberts said, the following contest is a Money in a Bank ladder match. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Say it correctly, please. But anyways, it was an okay match. There was very good spots. Uh, spots. There was. It was a very good match. I will admit it. It was a very good match with lots of good spots. But there was something wrong. There was a reason why I called this match an okay match. Not a good match, just an okay match. But I say that Ziggler versus Cena was an okay match because of one thing. The ending. And now, I'm not hating on anyone in this. Just listen to me when I tell you this. So, Cena connects with the AA on Ziggler, and Ziggler falls out of the ring. We then have Vicky Guerrero come out from the back, and she's got a chair in the head. Not chair in head. Chair in head. Hand. Sorry. Jesus. I can't pronounce stuff. And it's late. Anyways. So he's, she's got a chair in hand. That's bad creative move number one. She teases hitting Cena, but AJ comes out. That's bad creative move number two. AJ ducks the chair shot from Vicky, which it wasn't much, and hits her with a shoulder block. Then a sloppy belly-to-back suplex. Hits the ropes and does the five-knuckle shuffle. Sorry, five-knuckle shuffle. A very shitty and very terrible-looking five-knuckle shuffle, if I may add. That's bad move number three. And then you had Cena grab the ladder and set it up under the briefcase. AJ skits around the ladder. And all of a sudden just pushes Cena off into the ropes. With Ziggler then coming in and hitting the super kick. And Cena's out. AJ looks furious, staring at Cena. Then looks at Ziggler and then smiles before leaving the ring. Skipping all the way back. What? <laughs> so Ziggler sets up the rider upright and climbs to the top, pulling the briefcase down and wins the match. This ending fucking sucked. I'm going to just say it. I'm really just going to say it. This match sucked. You hear me, Chris Riddle? This ending sucked. And you know why it sucked? It's because of AJ. Let me first say, well, it wasn't just AJ. It was a lot of factors, but mostly AJ. First off, why do you even put Vicky in there? First off, she can't sell wrestling moves that well. I mean, she definitely didn't even sell the five-knuckle shuffle. It was a terrible sell. Just watch it again. It was terrible. She was just laying there, like, dead. 
And then when, you know, AJ hits a five-knuckle shuffle, she doesn't even fucking move. She's still in that position, like, saying, can I move yet? Can I move yet? Oh, okay, I'm going to move. See ya. Okay, so there's that problem. And then second, what the fuck is AJ supposed to be? First off, she is this sincere girl who's apologizing backstage. She's then this badass who comes out to the ring and kicks Vicky's ass. Then she's this skippy girl who's overly happy. And then she becomes a bitch and just pushes John Cena off the ladder. Then she gets angry for John Cena for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. And then she becomes that skippy girl again. Basically ending up that she's crazy. There's five different type of moves that she was in. Five different type of moves. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, it's because she's crazy. That's not a good reason. Have her be one fucking thing. I was confused as fuck why she was doing this. You know, they're probably going to be like, oh, well, wait till Raw. On Raw, they'll do something. I don't care what they do on Raw at this point. You have five different fucking things, five different moods that AJ was going through. No person in their right mind would be on a TV show on pay-per-view doing that at all. It goes beyond logic. And look, and uh, one thing I want to say, the third problem that I have with this is that Ziggler wins, but not really. And by that, I mean Ziggler needed two people to help him win. Two people. This does not establish Ziggler whatsoever. It keeps him down. And I want Ziggler to be established. But it doesn't help him. Is he really a threat to anyone backstage when he needed two people to help him out? Those two people being Vicky Guerrero and AJ Lee? And I mean, there is no reason you couldn't have seen it go under cleanly. You couldn't... There was... Look, what if Cena went under clean? What was going to happen to Cena? Is Cena going to somehow explode? No. Is he going to lose popularity? No. The kids love him. The girls love him. You were fine. Have Ziggler go over clean. Have have John Cena go under clean. I'm just saying, you have no reason to turn AJ heel, at least at this current moment. No reason. So anyway, Ziggler, you know, loses to Cena on Raw. And then he wins against Cena by having two ladies help him out. Wow, what a big threat Ziggler is. It's terrible booking by WWE Creative. I don't even know what the fuck I should say about this. Like on one hand, I want to say you need to establish Ziggler. You're not doing it fully. But then on the other hand, I'm like thinking, what the fuck are you doing with AJ? And to the fangirls of AJ, call your tits. I'm not saying that she's like a bad person. She's not one of the best divas in the world. Actually, she's not. I think it's really overrated. But all it shows is that WWE doesn't know what she should be at all. We don't know if she's crazy, which there is one mood for crazy, by the way. There's not five fucking moods that she goes through to be crazy. It's one mood, one mood only. She went through five of them. I don't know if she's... I don't even know. All she is is this big giant fucking nutbag who logically shouldn't be on TV. So, whatever. 
So that was the end of the pay-per-view. So what grade would I give this pay-per-view? Personally, I would give it a C plus. Sorry, I really would. Look, I'm not. I wasn't looking for that much. You know, when it comes to Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or SummerSlam, you know, I'm thinking of you know you need high quality matches. I wasn't really thinking that much of it. But when you look back at the pay-per-view, when I look back at the pay-per-view, the only good things were this TLC match, which I think is probably, like, top five, one of the best matches of the year, and the table match, the tag team table match. Those were the only two matches that were good. The Divas Battle Royal? No. The Cesaro versus R-Truth match? No. The Barrett versus Kofi match? No. The Divas match? No. Big Show versus Sheamus? No. Ziggler versus Cena. I would say that was the third best. Maybe the second best of the show, but definitely not the best. It wasn't really that great. And it wasn't really that great because of the ending. And again, I already went over the ending. It was a disappointing show. I gave it a C plus. I know, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> but that's my opinion of it. But, you know, it's not just me. It's not always about me. So what do you guys think? What do you, what would you give this pay-per-view as a grade? Would you give it an A, a B, C, D, F? Let me know by either posting in the comments of any of the videos or by emailing me at ringthatdampbell at gmail.com or by following us on Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash ringtdb or go on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash ringthatdampbell. Do any of those, let me know. And uh, yeah, again, we're currently still working on the Twitter page. We're still working on the Facebook page. Those will be officially, you know, up and running and working fully on uh, Friday. So hopefully you guys follow me on those two things and hopefully you enjoy this show. If I piss you off, well, then I guess I'm doing my damn job. Anyway, I think I am. And you know what? And again, just let you know if you have a different opinion than me. That's fine. If I pitch you out there in this, it's fine. You know, we all have different opinions, and that's how the world works, right? So thank you all so much for listening. I will see you all Friday with a new episode. Bye.